Cozy Robots. It's me, Mike McCarg. And I'm Grace Vaughn. And uh, we're back after a week or an episode's hiatus in Super Science Summer. It's one episode off is a month later. I don't know how time works. Time doesn't mean anything. <laughs> doesn't anymore. mean a thing. Um, we're back. Uh, and we got a great show planned for you today. Uh, Taylor Hughes is back, which is really exciting talking about. Uh, his new book, Road to Wonder, which we are very excited to tell you about. And if you're usually a person who skips the announcements, take your finger off that skip button really quick. <laughs> We've got a, a big kind of sad announcement to start a really fun show this week. And that is, surprise, this is the second to last episode of the Cozy Robot Show. So after uh, Ask Science Mike was a weekly program starting in 2015, 14. Um, and I think we took a week off between Ask Science Mike and the Cozy Robot Show. <laughs> <laughs> so it's been a long time I've been uh, part of a weekly show. Uh, we are we are going to end uh, the Cozy Robot Show after the next episode, which I believe is September 20th will be the you're, live version. You're right. For those mm -hmm. of you who join us on Twitch. Um, and then, of course, the those those uh, those of you who who listen on uh, Apple Podcasts or Spotify, you can catch it there. And I just gave you a little spoiler <laughs> as to why <laughs> uh, why we're 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 making this decision. Um, one, we got this little company, Quantum Spin Studios, does a lot of cool stuff. So, you know, we have another show uh, on the Cozy Robots Network, which is Gaming with Grace. That show is going to keep going. We have a, 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 a podcast called Some Assembly Required that's available in our Discord community. And our Discord community is going to keep going. We're going to keep playing games together. We're going to keep doing all that kind of fun stuff together. And we're going to keep uh, making new stuff for that community. And, and eventually, I'm sure, we'll have another uh, new program to launch. Um, in, in the meantime... Uh, I have been having some um, strange neurological symptoms that may or may not be related to my recent COVID infection, uh, but I am, uh, as you can probably hear, uh, having more difficulty than is uh, traditional for me, finding words and putting s sentences together. And uh, and then I'm also having some other, you know, some issues with 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 with, with fatigue, and uh, I'm not able to put in full work days every day. And so when we're, uh, you know, trying to as a company figure out how to tell amazing stories, highlight perspectives that aren't usually centered in the world of media, the bit of energy I have is 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 best spent, uh, maybe behind the microphone and behind the camera instead of in front of those things. So it has been a really, really fun uh, part of my life hosting these programs on a, on a pretty consistent weekly basis for the last however many, how many uh, years it's been. But for my um, health, I do need to take a break from this kind of work for now. So um, like I say, the community is going to keep going. 
Uh, CozyRobots.com, if you want to join us, is out there. I will still be a part of the podcast that are available kind of uh, behind the screen over there on our Discord community and our Patreon page. Uh, but in terms of public stuff, we're going all in on grace now. <laughs> the last ticket. And, um, uh, yeah. 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 Mike, I, I want to say, well, to everybody listening right now, um, I haven't. I haven't actually gotten to talk to Mike too much. So I am just now kind of hearing, I knew that Mike wasn't feeling well. And I knew that that was one of the decisions that went into um, the what happened with the Cozy Robot Show. But on top of that, um, the Cozy Robot Show is a program that the whole team has talked about, okay, um, QSS is growing and things have to happen in order for projects to take off. All that stuff said, if you're a part of our Patreon community, and uh, Mike already mentioned this, but if you're a part of our Discord already, um, you will know that I have posted a letter that our team wrote for all of you about the very specifics of the, the decision to end the Cozy Robots show um, and you can always, if you have further questions, reach out to me. I'm available to answer any DMs you have in Gosh, relation you do to this a lot of stuff. DMs. Great. I, I'm always amazed. I love a DM. I like to answer them. So please, I'm on Instagram and Twitter at Cozy Gamer Grace. You can reach out and ask me. Some of you have already uh, reached out to ask me specifics. The main question I've been getting, and Mike already touched on it, but I want to just reiterate. The main question I've been getting is what happens to the cozy robots community now that the sh now that there's no show attached. It is truly just the fact that a show is not attached. That's the only thing that changes. Well, there's not this show. There's still yeah, Game of Grace. Right. There's still some assembly required. Exactly. I meant I I misspoke. I meant there's not a show attached with the same name. There right. is still shows <laughs> a big a big <laughs> Thank you for catching that <laughs> because we do actually have several shows um, and more projects to come. Um, but yes, the community is still thriving and continues to grow every day. And if you want to support the projects we now have and projects we'll be doing in the future, check us out at CozyRobots.com. Uh, all of that is something Mike said, but. And if you're curious about some assembly required. Uh, just keep listening. We'll drop a few episodes on this feed uh, after after our, our next show. So the feed won't go quiet immediately. We'll drop a few episodes of some similar required. So you can see if that's something that is uh, fun. It's a very chit-chatty show. If you like chit-chatty podcasts, we are making a very, very chit-chat podcast. It really so is. That's enough about housekeeping when we have uh, something far more exciting uh to talk about and if you remember taylor hughes Woo! my dear friend is with us here uh today uh taylor is a magician and storyteller and um is on tour right now holy cow that's awesome oh my gosh. Um, I, I texted taylor recently i couldn't tell you how long ago whether that was days or weeks but yeah. i was said uh taylor it's really fun watching you become an overnight success decades in the making <laughs> um, it's just it's just neat watching your Instagram and you know 
marquees and theaters and that's that touring life is is fun and exciting um I, I used to do some of that myself so anyway taylor thanks for being here let's talk about thank you for having me i am i'm so excited to be here and uh yeah it is it is fun and silly to see some of the things that we we find you know situations we find ourselves in in life and i'm just trying to you know be present in the midst of whatever's happening well so. i know from from firsthand experience how much fun it is to get a box in the mail and when you <laughs> open the box there are books in it and not only are there books in it your name is on the cover because you wrote the book how so how are you feeling uh <laughs> mr author it does not seem real at all like i mean uh, I know I wrote, like, I remember the time sitting in my little tough shed for <laughs> four hours a day for several months, just trying to get some on the page. But, uh, the idea that it actually exists now is still hasn't, it still hasn't set in, you know, I've had a few people that have gotten early copies of it who have shared on Instagram, you know, you see a picture of them like at their pool, reading it going like, wait, People aren't actually going to read this, are they? Oh my gosh! <laughs> like, it's just so bizarre. It's it's unreal. So yeah, and now here we are going to talk about it. Thanks for doing this <laughs> through the magic of the internet. Through the magic yeah. of the internet. There was Taylor. a time when we you would have had to be live via satellite. Now you're just you're just live via oh, yeah. webcam. It's amazing. Oh yeah, Taylor. I, I um. Oh, sorry. I'm so sorry. Cut you off. Oh, no, I just was having this epiphany as Mike was sharing that satellites used to be so important for TV, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, I, like if something your, went wrong. You to, yeah, we go. Oh, I better go adjust the satellite. How far we've come. <laughs> it's, crazy. it's true. I don't know how it's that classic thing that people say about Wi-Fi and, and airplanes flying. It's just like it's right. it's magic. Oh, it's we live in is. the future. It, we literally do. We each other. Over video devices. <laughs> no, like, at the same time, like in, in this hands. same I mean, moment. That was the cool part of every show when we were when I was a kid, <laughs> and now all of a sudden it's just like how we how we talk to our friends. So <laughs> it's very Jetsons. Well, uh, yes. you know, Grace Grace is a, a skilled and capable interviewer in contrast to me. But I'm going to start <laughs> with the hard hitting questions. Okay. On your author photo, where did you get that swag friggin' blazer? Isn't that fun? Great. It that looks is, great. It is just amazing. Oh, some of, some of that's the jacket, and some of that's my buddy, uh, uh, who's also named Taylor, who took who took the photo. Um, but yeah, I was in Nashville, Tennessee. I was doing shows at House of Cards, and I walked by. I'm not a big shopper, but I walked by a store and I saw that jacket, and I was like, man. That jacket will be my jacket. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I mean, most most of my wardrobe is jeans and black t-shirts, but every now and then I'll put that jacket on and I feel like I'm doing something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a perfect, it's a statement piece. That's like a tape. That's the tailor jacket. Like when people there, think of you from now on, they're going to think of that boss jacket. It's so good. That's my favorite thing about blazers is like if you're yeah. wearing jeans and a black t-shirt, 
you put a blazer on and people are like, look at you dressed up. And it's like, <laughs> right. it's literally right. the same outfit that same, I put on a exactly. blazer. Yeah. I had a, I had a friend harass me because I was getting ready to do this tour and I, and I'm pretty casual on stage for most events, you know, unless it's like a black tie thing. Um, and my buddy was harassing me. He's like, you know, it's okay to be casual, but maybe don't wear the same clothes you were just eating pizza in like 10 minutes before. <laughs> Maybe like a like a special <laughs> casual outfit. <laughs> Never just yeah, exactly. Well, Taylor, Mike has asked you the hardball question. So now it it's all it's downhill. just gonna be downhill from here. It's gonna be it's just gonna be smooth riding. So here is the first question I have for you. Um, what inspired you to write Road to Wonder now in this moment? Oh, wow. Um, some of it came out of the fact that I've wanted to write for years. You know, I think that we meet mm. so many people who, who who know or feel like they have a book in them. Uh, but the only thing that, I mean, Mike can speak to this more than I can, but I think that the thing that makes the difference is you actually sit down and start typing. And uh, for years, I just said, oh, someday I'll do that. That's a someday thing. And my wife, uh, the best person I've ever met in my life, looked at me one day when I was panicking because this little, I don't know if this happened to you, some weird stuff happened and I spent a lot of time at home last year. Um, <laughs> we almost got the spit take, Mike. We almost got it. Taylor, cool. I literally was <laughs> so like, close. oh no, what happened? <laughs> yeah. You said it with such sincerity that I was like, oh my gosh, like, wow, something really big happened and I oh, didn't yeah. know what you were referencing. <laughs> no, like, the like you know, you went... We went from in, in 2019, I did 122 dates on the road. And in 2020, oh I did three. And so oh. there's that moment. There's that moment where you're starting to like notice things about yourself. You're spending so much time with yourself that you're noticing weird stuff. Like I noticed that <laughs> yes. every week I buy five bananas and every week I throw away five bananas. And I've been doing this for like 19 <laughs> years of marriage. Nobody <laughs> eats the freaking bananas, but I buy them like a lunatic. <laughs> so it, took the, it, took, it took the pandemic for me to realize I'm just wasting boatloads of money on bananas. Um, but Katie, Katie's the one who said to me, you know what, you've got some time now and you're kind of going stir crazy because you're not going out and doing stuff. So I, we just, you know, said every day, four hours, I'm sitting in this chair and if something comes out, great. If something doesn't, great. But I've got to sit in that chair for four hours. And that's, that's how it got written now. Hmm. Hmm. Taylor, my next question for you is the following. I'm working on my transitions. <laughs> that was so, that was so good. <laughs> Thank you. You are very kind. In response to your prior question, I would like to pose to you an additional <laughs> yeah. and perhaps related question. <laughs> Taylor, I see your first I, question and right, I raise you a second question. You. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Don't worry. So I will one... I will just I'll land the plane on this question, Grace, transitioning into the next question. Oh, perfect. We'll, we'll just, well, yeah, we'll, we got this. We got this. Amazing. It's teamwork. We're um, going all in on Grace. Perfect. This is a bit of a, it, this question is a bit long-winded. I tend to get a little wordy, but just ugh, strap in. Could, I'm ready. Prepare. Let's do it. Let's go. Okay. So after the basketball and buried treasure chapter of your book, which is fairly early oh, wait. on. See, this is where it's weird because you're referring, you read it. It's crazy. Is it blowing your mind? Is it just like, yeah. 
because it was inside yeah. you and now it's it's just weird world. you're saying it's it like it's a it. thing okay go ahead i'm sorry i'll stop interrupting <laughs> you you can oh hey if it if it if it if it behooves you must no you, go for it <laughs> you write the following on uh page nine i like to cite if one-eyed Willie had never lost his treasure, the Goonies couldn't have discovered it. Maybe you have lost something more significant, a job, a relationship, a dream you believed in is gone. I wonder what would happen if we chose to honor the past but not live in it, to be grateful for our memories and experiences but to press forward and create some new ones. So my question, Taylor, is this. Do you believe that wonder is comparable to finding the silver lining in any situation or being an optimist? Mm. You know, I, I, that's a great question, by the way, like never in my life have I had someone ask me a question that good. <laughs> um, I am. So I, I'm going to be a little dumbfounded because I'm just like, wow, sounds like the question you ask someone who knows some things and they'll, they'll respond with good answers. Uh, <laughs> so I'm going to, I'm going to give it a go. But we've set the bar so high with the question. I just want to reset the room. Everyone, lower your expectations because here comes the answer. <laughs> you know, I uh, I think being an optimist optimist is good. But I also like I grew up in um, in an environment where it was kind of like people were too optimistic. Especially like uh, I grew up in in a faith environment where people would kind of be like, well, it's all just going to work out. Everything's going to be great. And they, um, they kind of allowed their belief to overshadow a very real reality they were in. And so uh, when I was writing that, I didn't want it to, I didn't want to downplay the severity or the reality of the situation we're all in at any given moment, especially now, you know, a global pandemic, countless uh, divisions in our country, people who are just feeling like no one's, you know, got them and on their side. Um, and yet at the same time, I believe that we've forgotten how to wonder. I think the fact that we have these glorious supercomputers that will spit out an answer to any question we ask has kind of set us up for failure with experiencing new things, right? Like before we had a computer that just gave us an answer, we would have to get ourselves into this place of realizing we don't have it all figured out. And so I don't know if that's as much optimism as it is just understanding the fact that, that there's so much out there that we don't know and that, that we want to stay in a state of continual discovery. And I think when you realize that and you realize that you're not the smartest person that's ever walked the planet and that there are things out there that are bigger than you, then it opens us up to, you know, the wonder that's in like the ordinary stuff we often miss when we feel like we've just, I got life locked down. So. Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if that, you know, answers the question about optimism. I just think, yeah, I just think we gotta, we gotta look at the world through kind of a different lens, which is why I was so excited when I found out that Grace had another question <laughs> about them. Taylor that's coming the in. <laughs> Kissed the runway. Just a perfect. Literally, perfect. all I heard was like, like a hiss as the tire touched. Those three simul, the three wheels hitting Literally. at the same time. Right. And you don't even notice because the pilot's just like, I got this. Like, I, I got this. Well, Taylor, I'm. A, that's what 
what you just said is really eye-opening because you're talking about a perspective shift, but not necessarily one to a place of toxic positivity. Mm -hmm. So not, because I remember at the beginning of your book, you were saying like, you, you said something along the lines of we, we are missing wonder. A lot of us are missing wonder. And I'm not saying, Oh, the good old days. Right. (laughs) Specifically say we tend we tend to look in the past with rose colored glasses on when really things weren't as good as maybe we remember them. But the point of what you were saying is that um, wonder is something that people, I, for me, the, what resonated with what you were saying at the beginning of your book is that, that childlike wonder, I think I associate mm-hmm. being wonder filled with being a little kid because There's not enough of a general context for the world around you for you to not Mm -hmm. wonder about things. Um, And so at some point, I know I've gone through it. I just stopped wondering about stuff. I stopped going. And it's only occasionally really special moments. Like if I'm watching a really awesome movie or something, I'll wonder, how did they do that? How did they do that special effect? That Mm -hmm. is that just blows my mind. That looks so beautiful. How did, how did they do that? But sometimes I won't even go that far because it's all just being handed to me. I don't really have to wonder about it if I don't want to. So, um, so yeah, I, I think what I'm hearing you say is that it's a perspective shift, not necessarily one to being toxically positive, like, and everything's great. And, um, but just shifting to see, to see possibilities, like turning the kaleidoscope on and seeing like, okay, but how does this look uh, with this filter on it? How does just trying things out, which I really appreciate. Um, My next question, Taylor, is how do wonder and joy converge Mm. in your life? That's really good. Yeah, Grace is just going to just... It's, I'm just going to warn you. It's going to be like thoughtful question after <laughs> thoughtful know, question dear. after thoughtful question, <laughs> all of which demonstrate a, 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 a genuine and sincere knowledge of right. the, your work. <laughs> well, so I, weird. It was super trippy. It's <laughs> so trippy. Yeah, I, I think wonder. That. I think wonder and joy are buddies. I think that um, you know, I, someone told me recently that whenever we're disappointed, which I am quite often, or we're anxious about a scenario, sometimes the reason certain things trigger us is because we wish that reality was not reality, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I think the danger of some of the thinking that I grew up with was that, well, if you, you just ignore the reality, it'll get better. And that's not good. Um, but I I also think that once we embrace where we're at and accept where we're at, we can start to wonder about where we could be headed. And I think true joy comes not based on like the circumstances. Some days you're happy and some days you're not, but joy is when you realize that there, there is possibility and there is hope and that Mm -hmm. the world could look different than it does at this moment. So, for me, I, I feel like the more you can chase wonder, the more you're inviting joy into your life because you're not just sitting there locked in on like the Twitter feed that, you oh know my what gosh, I mean? Right, like, doom like, scrolling. 
like I wanted to just the other day, I wanted to just post not for anyone else, but for myself. Like I wanted to just post so I'd see it the next time I hopped on. What you're looking for is not here, <laughs> you know, oh because my gosh. I, I, when I feel anxious, I feel like, well, what is everyone else saying about what's making me anxious <laughs> right. as, a, as opposed mm. to just going like, all right, we know, you know, it's like when you see when you see it, like you go to the mall and you want to head to like a certain place and you see on the map, there's that big X, like you are here, you've got to find out where you're at, but then don't make the focus, man, it's really sucky that I'm here. Really go like, okay, how do I get from here to there? And that's where I feel like wonder gives us that little shift, you know, and helps us start to get on track to where we need to be headed instead of just camping in the funk that, you know, a lot of us wake up to every morning. So completely, Mm. I, that actually really, I've been, I just recently got back on Twitter and like got a a personal account because I had been, I was doing, uh, running accounts for, uh, cozy robots and quantum Smith studios. And I was like, Oh, this is fun. I'll get my own account. And, and it really, it can be, there are days on especially um, days where something really awful has happened in the news or something where, like you said, everything is just people's feelings about it are just, you're inundated with the, this like waterfall of this is how I feel. And I feel really bad and it's good to stay uh, up to date and informed. But I, it it just totally hit me, Taylor, when you said what you're looking for is not here because I'll go on Twitter and be like, okay, what should my, what, what are people saying so that I can start to form a more, uh, a better opinion on this so I can hear the sides of what's right. going on, blah, blah. And, um, that's just exactly it. Never once have I left being like, ah, oh, that oh, wow. great what a relief. Right. <laughs> yeah. I never, I never felt satisfied. Never read anything that was like, oh my gosh, like good. It's being handled, you know, because that's what you want. You want it to not be like you said, your reality anymore. And you can't do that. Um, And you've mentioned Taylor, you've mentioned um, a little bit in this interview about how you're growing up occasionally had moments of um, uh, that toxic positivity. Um, But in your, um, and, and I, I also grew up religious and there was a lot of that in my life for sure. And then it's, it's interesting because it's, uh, it's always, it's never black or white. It's always shades of gray because later, Mm -hmm. um, you talk about your parents being really supportive of wonder in your life. And I'll, I'll, I'll quickly quote. Uh, from your book in the making things happen chapter of road to wonder, you mentioned that both you and your wife are both so grateful to have had supportive parents and that you both are very intentional in parenting your daughters in the same way. Um, A quote from your book is this, by the time our girls were 10 years old, they were cooking full meals and using power tools, but not at the same time, which I thought was a great quote. Um, Do you credit, Taylor, do you credit your your parents' supportiveness and encouragement with your ability to find wonder in the world? And then another question I have is, what role does supportive parenting or lack thereof play in a wonder-filled life? 
so good. These questions. So Mike, can glad. we just you wrote the book <laughs> and have to answer that question, not me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Great question. Oh That's not I mean, it's hard. I I can only speak to my experience, right? Like I am I realize the incredible privilege I have that I have two parents that whenever any of us kids showed a spark of, you know, passion for something, they would pour fuel on it and just be like, do what you want to do. At the same time, uh, and I think both my mom and dad would, would accept this as I say it. And if not, I, I hope they don't listen, but (laughs) you know, they, they're not, they're not perfect people. And, you know, I've realized for me, that whole idea of like being supportive of someone's passion and, you know, uh, if you're a parent and you make the rules, you also get to break the rules. So like my mom would wake us up. I don't talk about this in the book. She'd wake us up at midnight and be like, Hey, the donut store down the street just made some fresh donuts. Let's go do it. So I learned that from my parents, but there's a lot of things that my parents don't excel at. So let's say maybe your parents aren't great at finances uh, you could be like, well, I suck at finances because my parents were terrible with money and they kind of passed that on to me. I realized for myself, I was going to kind of choose what I took from my folks and what I took from my friends and what I took from that cool neighbor who like knew about one thing more than anyone else that I ever met. And so I think that while the way my parents raised me and the way Katie's parents raised her to not be afraid to try new things and to be adventurous. Uh, I also at a certain point had to find some other influences in my life that would speak into, you know, making wise choices with planning for the future and things like that. And so, um, yeah, I'm incredibly grateful to my parents, but I also think if you're, if you're listening to this or you're watching this and you say, well, I didn't have that, that does not disqualify you from finding it somewhere else. And, um, so, you know, it's, I I think, uh, it's probably, I think it was Pete Holmes who talked about, um, he was talking about more in in the the spiritual sense, but we all have this room. It's kind of like when you first move out and all your stuff is like shitty furniture, right? It's like, you've got the, you know, that couch you found on the side of the road and that thing that was your grandma's, you know, and all this stuff is it, you just end up with this clump of things, right? That was mm-hmm. not intentional. It was just based on you collected things as you went. And at a certain point in your life, you realize you get to kind of rearrange the furniture. And in some cases go this thought process or this idea or this way of being, or this, um, the way this person treated others is not helpful or beneficial or something I want anymore and get rid of it. Like kick it to the curb. If it doesn't help you be who you want to be, you don't have to hang on to it but you can also appreciate certain aspects that you get from other people that make you who you are too. So mm. I don't know if that made sense, but <laughs> it did that. That was a, that was a fantastic analogy because it's not placing the idea of um, the idea of having furniture is, is so like blameless. Like it's actually mm-hmm. like w- it's the yeah, opposite, be, right? Because that analogy, um, whether it was Pete Holmes who said it or, or someone else, that analogy to me as someone who is going to be moving out for the first time and will be taking uh, things that I haven't necessarily found for myself, but I'm taking from different family members, it is, it, 
It's exactly what you said, Taylor. It's like that support and the things that you got and in the future, they may not work anymore. Like you get to a new place and you're like, dang, I'm in a tiny ass apartment now. And this big couch that suited me when I was growing up is now, it's just not going to, it's just not going to work. So it might not even be the harmful things that you take, but just some things that no longer work for you. And I like how you said the word disqualified. Mm -hmm. You are not disqualified from living a uh, quote unquote wonderful life. Right. Um, If you, if your parents uh, did not maybe exercise being wonder filled in front of you. Um, But it is very cool to hear. It was very cool to read that you and your wife did feel that like parental support. It's just, it's, it it like, I, I, we were talking about Twitter, but there is a lot, there is a lot of, um, I think there's a lot of pain that goes into, obviously I'm saying obvious things, but there's a lot of pain uh, that, that happens when somebody doesn't get that support from the people who are raising them. And so reading this book, I was like, yes, yes, he is a magician and his parents were all about it and introduced magic to him. And it was just very cool to read that. I absolutely loved reading that part of your book. Um, Thank you. Yeah, of course. And and I'll say this too. And I mean, I would say this if my parents were sitting right here with me, we do not see eye to eye on a lot of stuff today. You Mm -hmm. know, there, there are major, in in my opinion, important big differences that I have with my folks. And yet you realize some of that stuff that they wanted to give you when you realize it's like in their mind, they're trying to help you by giving you something that meant something to them. But you get to decide, you know, thanks so much for that couch, but I don't really need it, you know? Exactly. So that has helped me a little bit not be so angry when like there's differences of opinions or like how do you deal with folks who you feel like love you, but then you don't always understand opinions they have about others. And Mm -hmm. that's just been something for me. It's been like, okay, you thought this part was going to be good and I can value that you thought that was going to be good, but it's not really what I need. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, just just taking, leaving what doesn't uh, serve you and taking what does, I think is a really yeah, helpful yeah, yeah. way of getting older and still having a relationship with your parents and all of that. Um, Taylor, this next question is, I... I get so excited for these questions, Grace. I'm, <laughs> I'm really glad. This is when I wrote this one. I went, okay, so when I got to this part of your book, I went, oh my God, I'm going to ask him about this. This is so exciting. So in your book, Taylor, you reference something very big. That was a big part of my childhood as well. You reference moon shoes. So yes. anyone oh, who, it ha- well, anyone who doesn't know, Taylor, can you explain what moon shoes are to the layman? Okay. Okay. First of all, I'll try. I'll try to. Mike, did you have moon shoes or know of moon shoes? Were I moon shoes of, in your vicinity? I knew of them. Unfortunately, uh, I was uh, uh, husky enough. They weren't an option for me personally. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I was husky, but I, I, and how, I wanted them more than anything. So the way I knew I was husky is I accidentally went to school without washing my new pants. And back when we were kids, 
Husky was a size. Do you remember literally, that? Literally. Literally like would a be a section. Yes. My like a God. Step, like a step and repeat sticker that went down your pants that said Husky, 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 Husky. Oh, that's good for a high schooler to. Very body yeah. positive back in the 80s. Very <laughs> body positive. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> so. So with that in mind, there was a toy called Moon Shoes. Imagine these tiny trampolines that would strap to your feet. And they were, I don't know, six or eight inches tall. So it was almost like stilts, but they had, uh, they called them gravity bands. It was essentially glorified rubber bands that would hold this platform so that when you jumped, it was supposed to act like a trampoline (laughs) on each of your feet. And I tell you what, whoever made this commercial used... I mean, Star Wars level special effects yes. back Actually, then to yes. make it look like in my little kid brain, I was like, I'm going to spend all the money I've ever seen in my life to buy this parachute. <laughs> I will be able to dunk basketballs. I mean, I will mm-hmm. leap over enemies when they come mm-hmm. to attack me. I am, I will be invincible. And mm-hmm. so I bought them, climbed to the top of my bunk bed with all the hope in the world And when I jumped, they recoiled, they went down, and it never went back up. And I realized one size fits all is bull. (laughs) Anyway, that's that's what happened with my moon shoes. What's funny is, and this is a total digression. Take it there. Moon shoes, (laughs) it turns out like a device like that is possible. They're called jumping stilts. Wow. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen those, but like you literally yes, can oh, jump over people's can... heads. They're super dangerous. Like, yeah. uh, because there's but... nothing around you to protect you. You have to have, yeah, like, yeah you're able to, protective to gear excel- on, I guess. You're, run really fast, jump super high. Uh-huh. Like, you run and jump like a superhero, but your bones break oh like God. a normal person. <laughs> so, <laughs> caveat that's the disclaimer at the end of the commercial that they say really fast. <laughs> So, like, yeah, if, right. if you do a quadruple flip in the air and land wrong, you just oh break your God. shoulder, right? Like, so, oh so it's probably for the best that moon shoes didn't really didn't work. Do. That's true. You know what yeah. I mean? Otherwise, kids would have just, it would have just been a breakorama. Oh, yeah. There would have been no throttling back. It would have been, we're going to do this. We're jumping big time. Well, regardless of whether or not it actually saved our lives that it was falsely advertised, because I will say that I put on those moon shoes. I knew exactly the commercial you were referencing in your book, Taylor. I know the heartbreak because I lived at the time on a gravel road and decided to go out on a gravel road and jump with the moon shoes on in shorts because it was summer and fell to my doom and skinned my knee. And I then, because not the sharpest knife in the drawer, thought, I'm just not doing it right. So I continued <laughs> to do it oh. like at least twice more before the pain was really like setting in and teaching me. Um, but so regardless wow. of whether or not it was actually a boon that we could not jump to our heart's content. Um, th- what this part of your book made me think about is naivete and uh. wonder and the intersection of them both. So is there a limit to wonder? Can wonder be mm. naivete? 
That is, again, a fantastic question. I think that, um, I think my, my thought with that chapter is not to uh, an embracing of, you know, naivete, but more not, not letting the fact that certain people in life will take advantage of you, keep you mm-hmm. from really pursuing whatever, you know, you feel like it is that you need or want to do. There's always going to be, you know, I've had several times in my life where, um, you know, where I, I unfortunately allowed myself to kind of be the, the tool other people use to get what they wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, um, and, and yet, you know, there is some level of risk with wonder, right? It's easy to just do what everyone else is doing. And it's easy to just go with the flow. It's easy to, um, you know, find a career that's going to pay you some money and, you know, have the hope that the money's going to be there when you retire someday. And yet there's also some glorious wonder that happens when you say, I'm going to go for this dream or this thing that I want to do, knowing that I might fail either because of my own mistakes or because of the negligence of other people, you know? So I think mm-hmm. you kind of want to do whatever you can to guard yourself from those moments. But also like, I, I don't think it's possible for me to have actually been happier than I was at the thought of moon shoes. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, just like, you know what I mean? Like just the mm-hmm. thought that that could have been a thing. Yeah. <laughs> I want to get back. To, I want to get back to there where I believe that like, oh, stuff could be possible that I don't, you know what I mean? I, I don't, I don't automatically edit amazing scenarios from happening because I'm being a little too based in reality. Right. Right. Because it's either you, you find out and it doesn't work or you never knew to begin with and you, Mm -hmm. you don't get to have that adventure and you don't get to tell that awesome story because in the end it's a good story. And all the Mike and I both had something that went along with that story and it started a conversation and that in itself is I think really cool. So just things, things are born of it, even if it's not, you know, shooting to the, the stars on your moon shoes. Right. <laughs> There's right. still some really cool things that come with it. Although I'm pretty convinced that after this conversation, Mike will figure out a way for us to not break our bones <laughs> and have some moon shoes. He's in I his think... mind palace right now. Like, Oh yeah. The he's calculations. there. <laughs> I, mean, I, I, I do really want to get a pair of jumping stilts. and i'm very clumsy and so i thought like if you made a set of cosplay armor that looked like superhero armor yes but you put inside of that armor all of the molecular kinetic padding that goes in motorcycle armor as well as (laughs) and hear me out a motorcycle (laughs) airbag which is a thing so that if you fell as you fell this suit and place oh. around your, your torso and not lock your neck in place and you're wearing a helmet, one might be able to mitigate some of the risk of because like, motorcycle gear is designed to help you on right. asphalt 60 miles an hour. Yeah. You know what I mean? So just like, you know, Let's you're running 20 this. and you fall. Let's you, make it happen. The only problem is then like the limiting factor then becomes uh temperature because <laughs> you get hot inside the gear. So right. they might oh, you no. might have to like cold weather jumping stilts but then is there ice like it's a whole it's it's every solution (laughs) 
raises <laughs> another challenge is what I'm saying. So. Well, that's why I, well, we're here. <laughs> Alex just posted. He said, so not only do you break a bone, but you become Baymax. I'm in. Let's <laughs> <laughs> do it. Little Big Hero 6 action yes. from Alex. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. Are you um, satisfied with your answer? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, on that incredible note, Mike, I think it's time for ads. Oh gosh, I forgot all about ads. All right. I also uh, did. I was very, I was very into what we were talking about. <laughs> well, they might have to fix this part in post, put it earlier in the show. But <laughs> <laughs> the magic Let me of play editing. transition music. All right, here we go. Well, the Cozy Robot Show isn't possible without the help of our wonderful sponsors. And uh, first this week, I'd like to tell you about our friends over at NordPass. Uh, passwords are confusing and complicated and a pain in our bottoms. <laughs> and there's a solution that every nerd knows, and that's a password manager, a piece of software that creates and stores high entropy passwords that keep you and your information secure. But there's a problem. Password managers themselves are often really complicated. Well, NordPass is a new generation of password manager where security meets simplicity. It's password management that you're actually able to use because it's not designed with nerds in mind. It's designed for regular people who just want to get their work done and just communicate with their friends securely. So, uh, you know, NordPass is a really, really, really wonderful service. Let you store all your passwords in one place that allow you to organize your logins and and your private notes in a secure password vault. And then you can access all of that with a single master password. You just come up with one password that is secure that you can remember. It lets you shop online easily because it will also store sensitive information like credit card details. They've got a data breach scanner, you know. All the time, major companies are getting hacked and your personal information, including potentially your passwords, are being leaked online. And uh, NordPass will kind of keep an eye out for you and let you know when that happens. Of course, best of all, in my opinion, is the fact that NordPass will generate secure passwords for you, allowing you to create really complicated, high entropy, very, very, very uh, difficult, boring on impossible to crack passwords, which keeps your information more secure. So NordPass is offering their so long summer sale. You can get 74% off of a NordPass by visiting nordpass.com slash cozy, or just use the checkout code cozy uh, when offered uh, in your cart and you'll get four additional months for free. So 74% off and four months free equals even more than 74% off. Go to nordpass.com slash cozy today to learn more. Uh, also, this podcast has been sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. Check out betterhelp.com slash cozy robot to learn all about this wonderful online uh, mental health service. Life is full of stress and stressors. Doesn't matter who you are or what you have, you probably have stress in your life. And stress isn't good or bad, it just is. But learning to manage stress is a huge component of well being. 
And uh, so no matter what stresses you might be having in life, whether it's relationships or job status, money, anything like that, uh, BetterHelp and the licensed counselors there can help you unload the stress and come up with unbiased feedback that helps you create strategies to manage stress in your life. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist, so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. So unload the stressors and get some unbiased feedback. You'll be pretty surprised at what you might gain from it. So uh, if you're a Cozy Robot Show listener, you get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash Cozy Robot. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com slash Cozy Robot. Taylor, this yeah. is part two of the interview. How are you feeling? You're doing great. I'm feeling so good. I good. am. Uh, I still don't believe it's real that you read the book. I don't know how you <laughs> came up with these great questions. Uh, I do need to get a Nord pass from our sponsor because I <laughs> continually <laughs> am one, spending most of my time wondering how, how I logged into Amazon. So <laughs> this, my life has already changed by our conversation today and I get 73% off and I'm stoked. It's, it's I'm doing it. so Taylor's Nord, Amazon so, password is road to wonder. twenty twenty one. It probably is. I like trying to be, I'm like, Oh, I'll put the number two. That'll, that'll fool the crooks. They'll never guess. <laughs> So for people in chat right now who have not gotten their hands on Road to Wonder yet, uh, Road to Wonder Which it doesn't is, come out till September 14th, so we are in rarefied air, Grace. I, I, this is, this, getting this book and knowing that it, it isn't coming out, um, it isn't like on shelves yet, I was like, I'm a celebrity. This is what happens to celebrities. <laughs> Literally, this box came in the mail for me to me, and my family was like, "Oh, what's this?" Because everyone's like, "We live in you know nowhere, and we I don't know. It's fun to get a package." But they, they're like, "Oh, Grace has a package," and I was like, "You'll never guess what it is." And I took it out of the box and I said, "You can't get this anywhere right now." And I went to my room and I got to read it, and I felt really cool. I felt like a celebrity. Just a flex, um, just a casual flex. It was such a flex. I was like walking around reading it like, oh, me? Just reading Road to Wonder by Taylor Hughes. Oh, you can't get it yet. Yeah, sorry. Um, I'm going to just start sending you random packages. Grace will be like, oh, yes. this mayonnaise? This is my mayonnaise. You can't get it anywhere else. It's limited a dish. It's pre-release um, yeah. mayo. <laughs> Literally. Um, Taylor, so so I am one of the lucky few that knows that this book is filled with uh, your life stories. It's a collection of your life stories. And um, my question is about that. So how did you decide which of your which life events from your life would go into this book? Did you 
reach out to family and relations to prompt your memory about these events or were you able to recall them clearly on your own? That's really good. So I, um, over the last few years, I've gotten kind of obsessed with the art of storytelling and the power of storytelling. Um, I cannot tell you, I mean, I could tell you, I could, I could name people I've met that were strangers on flights that I think about once a week because their stories were so compelling. And I just think that I think oftentimes we, um, we underestimate the value of our personal stories. And so part of why I started writing this stuff down was just a process, you know, to go back and to look at just normal stuff. I mean, the things I talk about in here, I haven't met with dignitaries or flown around the world. It's, it's mostly talking about someone, you know, I met at the park when I was a kid or my dad driving me around on the weekends without any plans of anywhere to go. And it was, it was really, um, kind of beautiful to go back and, and re-examine these ordinary moments and find out that all of them had something extra in it that I, that I had kind of missed before. And mm-hmm. so I think, I think, uh, you know, in a world that's kind of enamored with extraordinary people and celebrity culture, I think it's pretty, pretty wild to realize you can, you know, like the, like the subtitle says, find the extra in your ordinary life. If you just take a moment to kind of sit with it. Um, I, I had, because I was kind of obsessed with storytelling and I started doing some storytelling in my, in my stage presentations, I one day just sat down and started making a list. And so I had a notepad on my phone of just interesting, what I thought was interesting moments. And I still keep one. I just, whenever I remember something, you know, an encounter from being a kid or, uh, something funny that happened on the way to, you know, an interruption that happened that ended up becoming the highlight of my day. I just write that stuff down. Mm-hmm. And then when I sat down to write, I just said, okay, I guess today I'm going to write about, uh, ice blocking. And so I started writing that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and that's, that's just how it came about. And then when I'd hit the wall, I'd, I'd go tell my wife, I'd say, Katie, I am supposed to write and I don't have anything to write about. She's like, well, good luck. And I'd be like, all I want is a chocolate. <laughs> taco, which Mike knows how much I love chocolate tacos because we There's drove around LA for like two hours trying to find one and couldn't. <laughs> two hours. Worth it, but I, um, uh, we had a chocolate taco at my house and I said, I don't want to write. I was being so infantile. I was like, honey, I just want mm-hmm. a chocolate taco. And she said, go write. And then you get to have a chocolate taco. <laughs> and, and I ended up writing this like wonderful, you know, story from like, the ice cream man when I was a kid. So I think it's, I think we can kind of get in our head and be like, Oh, you know, I don't have anything special to say, but I think there's special stuff hidden in all this stuff we experience every day. So I'm just trying to extract the the wonder out of it. And it's pretty, when I wrote my first book, I looked like I was investigating an unsolved murder. (laughs) <laughs> because my recollection of my own life was so poor i had to like mm. do forensic analysis to figure out what happened on what date in what yeah. sequence yeah so you know the notion of like being present enough in your own life to be aware of how it played out seems what pretty miraculous to me for some reason i'm like yeah oh yeah up quirk down quirk i got that i know how that yeah yeah on, but like <laughs> What year did I, whatever I'm like, oh, I don't know like, what year, were, what, what year were my kids born? Who knows? Right. Yeah. But I, I mean, 
I mean, but if you ask me to explain the difference between a proton and a protein, I probably, I, <laughs> I would have a mental breakdown. Like even the thought of it right now, like if I like feeling like if I was put on the spot, I would be like, you know what? I, you can't, you could give me a definition. I'd be like, yeah, it could be either. I don't, it could be both of them. I have no idea. <laughs> Taylor, while you were writing, um, <laughs> that is that an is so absolute, Just right there. that, that joke was cu- custom carved for Mike. <laughs> and, and presented to him. That was like, as soon as you said it, I was like, that is going to tickle Mike completely. That is his sense of humor, a thousand percent. Taylor, so we're talking about um, uh, the process of writing your book, and I kind of want to delve deeper into that. What was yeah. something you learned uh, either about yourself or writing or wonder or life, et cetera, while you wrote Road to Wonder? Hmm. Uh, I think I learned there were certain things I thought I had worked through. Like I was telling myself a story about a certain moment or an encounter with somebody or a rough patch that I went through in my life. And I thought I had already done the work. You know, I'm like, Mm -hmm. oh, I, I did counseling and I talked through that and this and that. And then I realized as I started going through, it's like, oh no, there was some stuff that was just a little raw still, you know? And, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of things I wrote that didn't end up in the final book, you know, that you, that, that it, a lot of it was, it was kind of therapeutic in a way to just go through, go through and reexamine kind of not just the stories that I would tell in the book, but the stories I've been telling myself about those moments. And, yeah. uh, yeah. So I think that's a big thing I learned. It was just the power of like, even, even now, like I'm, I've caught myself writing certain things down, not even with the idea that anyone else will ever see it, but there's something about the process of like putting the words on paper. You, you feel the weight of the things that we kind of tell ourselves, you know? And so mm-hmm. uh, it's been, it's been good. I kind of by accident found a new way to kind of process some things and, and to kind of get to a better place when, when I feel hung up on a certain situation. I, I have always been told, um, by like several therapists I've had in the past to write about it, like write about it, write about your feelings. And I've never, um, I think occasionally I have tried it, But it is, as I was reading your book, Taylor, I literally, I keep saying literally, but it it truly did happen. So I guess it's right. I don't know. I thought to myself, I actually could really probably benefit from writing down some of my life experience, exactly what you said, Taylor, because it turned out for you to be almost um, accidentally therapeutic Mm -hmm. at at times. It sounds Mm -hmm. like maybe you didn't intend to write about something really cathartic and then it became really cathartic for you. But as I was reading your book, I did think to myself several times like, wow, okay, that moment from Taylor's life reminds me of another um, experience I had and what I've never sat and picked apart the life lesson that that experience taught me. What was it like to sit and 
find the life lessons? Do you already carry those stories around in your body with like, and that's what I learned from that time Mm. or was going back kind of like, wow, oh my gosh. Okay. So that's when I learned that you don't have to wait for someone to give you permission to do the thing that you want to do. You should just do it. Like, do you, did you already know what these stories would teach you or no, it was just I, coming to you? I had no idea. I had no idea. Like none of this. I had no, it wasn't not like I had a, you know, 10 point outline and I was like, Oh, there's the book. It's going to, it's going <laughs> right. to end real nice. You know, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> it was literally just like starting to write through some of these things. And sometimes it was like, I was talking about a minute ago of like, you know, processing and realizing some new things. And other times it was just like going, Oh, that's the moment where I realized I would start living this way instead of that way. That's the moment where I started realizing I would engage with strangers instead of avoid them. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it was kind of fun to, to realize, you know, we've all got things that make us who we are, but you can kind of pinpoint certain moments where those things really clicked. And that was cool. You know? Yeah. Yeah. What is that? Uh, I want to quote that person who said, Mike and Taylor, I bet you're going to know, or I'm going to butcher it. And neither of you will have any clue what I'm saying. Um, the un... <sighs> Darn it. The un... Like something life is a life <laughs> not worth living. life is not worth living. Yes. Oh, Imagine if I had just pulled that out and said it correctly. That was really good. <laughs> uh, it is attributed to Socrates, but is therefore probably anonymous ancient wisdom. See, I'd heard that before, but here's how uneducated I am. I'm like, that sounds like Ted Lasso. Like, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that was season two when he said that. Season two. Ted Lasso. <laughs> I mean, honestly, good. honestly. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> uh, I believe the Ted Lasso version would be like, well, you know, the, un- <laughs> the unexamined life just ain't worth living. Well, yeah. <laughs> that is such a good Ted Lasso. Well, you know. well look, you can get a hog um, and a dog, but you got to. But some. But some. Taylor, um, I think, and I've kind of I have not really been watching the clock as we know from me telling Mike way past halftime that we needed to do promos because I've been so into this I think we've come to the end of the show is that correct Mike am I out of my mind I mean you run this 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 train I'm just aboard I have one last question for you Taylor and it is this okay okay how can people contact you, find you? Where can they purchase Road to Wonder um, or pre-order? Um, yeah. How how promote your stuff? How can the people find you? Yeah, for sure. So the book, I'm super excited about. It comes out September 14th. Uh, apparently, because I've never written a book before, pre-orders are a really big deal. And yes. And so if you, you know, you don't have to pre-order it, but it will change my life. So no pressure. (laughs) Um, Yeah, no, but if you want to pre-order it, you can get it on Amazon. You can order it from Target, Barnes and Noble, wherever you, you, you like to get books. You can ask your local bookstore if they want to order it for you, if that's what you do. 
Um, that'd be awesome. I, I hope you enjoy the stories and I hope it encourages you to kind of re-examine some of your own stories. Uh, if people want to stay in touch, probably the best way is, um, is I got a little mailing list and I give away, if anyone wants to join it, I give them a free magic lesson. It's a video that they can learn a bunch of cool tricks that are like easy enough for a kid to do at school, but fun enough that you can do for your friends at the bar and no one will know what's going on. And <laughs> if they want to do that, they just text Taylor to 44144 and, uh, and then yeah, punch in your email and, and I won't spam you, but you'll get to learn some tricks and then I can let you know when I'm coming to town. Hooray, Taylor. Thank you so much. Also for everyone, this is what it looks like. So when you go on to pre-order ah, it, look it's at so that. pretty. So it's fun. so pretty. And um, and obviously <laughs> the blazer's on the back. So um, Can we just comment on Mike's modeling skills of that book? That was that was very old. Oh, ah, Mike, you very could be Vanna a hand model. That was Yeah, that was really <laughs> impressive. And that was good. <laughs> what if you open it and it's just blank and it's like you got to decide what it is? That's what that's the wonder lesson. Just you, yeah, you decide. It, it, it is a very um, <laughs> snackable book. Yeah, like uh, I'll be honest. I went through a real reading slump in COVID mm -hmm. land. It was hard to get back out of. And that's because I didn't necessarily have like the emotional or cognitive resilience to get through like a reasonable chunk of a book in a sitting. And um, I don't, it's a neat trick, but it's, it's, it's nearly magical. This book's <laughs> chapters are very short without being shallow. Yes. So if you're just like, um, I, like I guess what I'm saying, if you're trying to get back on the reading horse, so to speak, this is a really good book in that way because like every piece kind of stands on its own and fits within a larger theme, but uh, it's it was just easy. Now, of course, I, I, I was like, oh, it's so easy to you know put down, and I read it in one sitting. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have to, and the book it was uh, the kind of book that I felt supported if I didn't have the energy to read it in one oh, sitting. Oh, thank so, you, Mike. I, you know, um, I just assume everyone's going to read it on the toilet and I want them to get something out of it before their feet fall asleep. So that's <laughs> going to oh, take it I in a few to, sittings. I want to also say that something I don't normally do is mark up a book. But as soon as I read the first, like, um, at the end of the chapters in the book, there's the extra part where Taylor has the lesson of the life story. And I immediately got my highlighter and was like, okay, this is like, I must remember this. And if you're the kind of person who marks up a book um, so that when you, you can really remember the stuff that really hits you and resonates with you, this is going to be the book where you do that. Because I was, I just, as soon as, there were just so many good lines. It was, I was like, where's my highlighter? Like I, this must be marked. So, um, so also that keep a highlighter near you. If you're the kind of person to mark up a, a favorite book. Uh, one last point. I'm just, and then we'll do the, we'll do the outro, but, uh, Taylor and I, I didn't realize we had this in common that both of our first gigs as magicians were at birthday parties yes. um there were two differences one i was in my 40s <laughs> <at> my, 
<laughs> Although the yes. age of the birthday party was the same. Yeah. But two, my first show went better than Taylor's. So <laughs> I had a real molar. I was like, oh, I, I might. I Maybe I'm just going to yeah. take this the whole way. Cause, uh, yeah. Uh, but I won't That's spoil right. it. If you want to hear how yeah. that went, you have to read the book. Yeah. Oh, buddy. Friends, I'm, I so appreciate you. I, I really like it. I, I do not say this as like a false modesty thing. It is so silly to think that I, I mean, every, everyone in my family is severely dyslexic. When I try to sign a book for friends, I forget how to write my name. So it, it's wild to me that y'all are saying nice things. And I so appreciate the love and support. And um, yeah, uh, we're also, I should say this, you know, my, my buddy Bob Goff wrote the foreword to the book mm -hmm. and with his first book, Love Does, they gave all the money away and it really challenged us. So what we're doing is we're taking all the money from this book and we're using it to support this wonderful um, orthodontist who's putting braces on my kids. So thank you for pre-ordering. <laughs> You were, you were just i was on the line i bit the bait literally i was like that i was like oh my gosh you're like, wow he is a good person like and then you're like oh no that's no interesting <laughs> oh uh, apparently the orthodontist is struggling because he needs a lot of money and we're just trying to help him out yeah 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 um, actually believe it or not the proceeds from my books go the same place so <laughs> that's great kids braces all right. Well, oh, for the second to last time I'll ever do this, just want you to know the Cozy Robot Show is made by the most talented and supportive team in the entire world. So I'd like to thank Taylor Hughes for being here. Woo! Taylor! Taylor. Uh, I'd like to thank each and every Cozy Robot for making the community and the program possible. Our executive producers are Tanner Hearn and and <laughs> Victory Palmazano. Uh, the show's produced by Grace Vaughn and Greg Nordine. Production support by Amy Hill. Community management by Grace Vaughn again. The theme song was written and recorded by Madison and Macy McCarg. Designed by Sydney Smith. Motion graphic design by Landon Satterfield. Set design by Jesse Lane Interiors. Wardrobe stylist and craft services, Jenny McCarg. So thank you for joining us, whether live or in podcast land. And I will talk to you again very soon. Thanks, everybody. Take care. Bye, everyone. Bye. The Cozy Robot Show.